and welcome back to the Fantasy Football Hot Seat presented by Blitzalytics.com. Always happy to have you here. Uh, we are one man short. George is out this week working on some big, big, big business stuff. So we brought in a special guest, but I'm going to first say hi to our normal stalwart here, Cody Manning. Cody, how are you today, bro? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, just another day. I'm waiting to just... I, like I say every week, man, I'm just waiting for this football season. So we're about to hit that absolute dead period, and we are here to fulfill your fantasy needs. Right. Our show so far is just a little slap to the vein to, to try and get you through right. to fantasy football. So, um, But uh, on to the guest today, man. Super stoked to have him on him. First time I've had him on one of my pods that I've hosted, John Chicago Stocko. How you doing, bro? <laughs> What's up, Rob? Rob, Cody, how's it going? Nice to be on with you guys. Awesome to have you too, man. Well, the, this is real simple. We're going to keep going like we have the last few weeks, minus that MG cut-in episode, because, you know, he's our boy. So uh, what we're going to do is we're going to now break down the NFC South team by team, position by position, tell you who to look out for and what our early forecasts are on these players. We're going to jump into finally a meaty, meaty fantasy division, Cody. I mean, it feels like we've been waiting to get into one with some thickness. We've been talking about mess so far, wouldn't you say? Yeah, definitely. And we were uh, talking before we start the the show, like as far as like as people should know, be with the previous divisions, we try to start with like, you know, hardly any fantasy relevance from a team to a team that has a lot of fantasy relevance. And we had a nice little debate going on who should be the first team to talk about to the last. So uh, definitely looking forward to covering the NFC South. Yeah, absolutely. Each one of these teams is going to provide you with value this year. So let's go ahead and jump into the one that we deemed fourth on the list in four through one format and start with the most position most important position in sports the quarterback for the tampa bay buccaneers famous Jameis winston cody i'm going to start with you since you have the tie-in to the team here where you stand on famous Jameis this year uh, with Jameis winston it's something you'd never want to fall for but why do i feel like i'm talk myself and do him again i feel terrible about it um as far as james winston is he's not nobody that i would actively go out and try to draft but if i were not to get one of the top tier quarterbacks i would not mind taking a chance on him to go with another quarterback that has a high potential just because of the bruce arians connection um, if Jameis is going to truly reach his full potential, be underneath Bruce Arians. Bruce, we saw what Bruce Arians did in Arizona, even with Andrew Luck underneath that year. He loves to push the ball down the field. So from a fantasy perspective, if he does click, this offense does have a potential to put up a lot of numbers specifically through the air. Um, he's a guy that I would take like in those like team rounds if I did not, if I was not, if I was willing to take a risk at my quarterback position. Did I leave you speechless over you did you did and i think i muted john john are you can you hit the mute button for me man i think i shut you down on accident i'm there oh, we yeah. go. I'm back. sorry sorry about that brother yeah no i couldn't agree more what you said cody was spot on and it's what i've heard so far uh going into this is that this is everybody's last straw because of bruce arians uh if he wasn't there i think everybody'd be done with him but it's that magic that B.A. brings that, that kind of changes people's minds. So, John, what about you on, on Famous Jameis? You hot or cold on him going into fantasy season? I mean, you got to be cold on him. It's, it's it's going on four years now. You just kind of have to ask yourself, you know, or is, it, is this this is the Jameis Winston we're going to get? Bruce Arians or not? 15 interceptions his rookie year. 2016, 
18 interceptions. 2017, 11 interceptions, matched with 19 touchdowns. 2018, uh, 20, uh, 2018 last year, you know, fight with uh, Fitz. Fight with Fitz Magic for the starting position. Goes 19 touchdowns, 14 interceptions. It's just that's kind of who Jameis Winston is, and I don't think Bruce Arians has this some magic touch that's going to turn around Jameis Winston. So if you're going to get Jameis Winston, you got to buy low. You got to look to him as a backup. Like Cody said, if you miss out on the top tier guys, Jameis Winston's probably he's got to be your last resort. I, my guess is that he's going pretty low, if at all, in most fantasy drafts, but, uh, you know, minus the two quarterback leagues and things like that. Speaking of, Cody, would you give him a rollout in a two quarterback league? Uh, I definitely, if it's a two quarterback league, I definitely would take, take a chance on him just because, uh, like I mentioned, through and Bruce Arians off, he does have the potential to put up a lot of numbers. I definitely understand the concerns. Like, for example, when I did my mock draft Monday a couple of weeks ago, like, I drafted him, and this was just a one-quarterback format. I end up getting him and Josh Allen because both those guys, I feel like, you know, they offer a high upside, and I'm betting on one of them hit, and then I can just – that's how I view Jameis. Like, if you're going to get him, go with two upside guys. As as it looks right now on, on Fantasy Football Calculator, Jameis is actually sandwiched between Cam Newton and Phillip Rivers. That feels uh, kind of high for me, that's pretty that's pretty disrespectful of philip philip rivers I, I would say that does feel disrespectful and yet another guy who he's sitting over is ben roethlisberger who we had an argument today in slack over mvp my ass um, <laughs> <laughs> shout outs to roy and lippert um but yeah Jameis winston is the 13 overall quarterback feels super high to me so i probably own no shares going into the year but uh, let's move over to the guy that everyone wants on this team Mike Evans. Uh, let's talk about this wide receiver core, starting with him. John, what do you think about Mike Evans going into the year? I mean, he's pretty pretty consistent when you look at his career numbers. Right, yeah. So when you look at his numbers and you, you look at the production, it, like you said, it's pretty consistent. And they're probably going to be a, a pass-heavy team. Mike Evans is going to get all the touches. You, Deshaun Jackson out in uh, Philadelphia. Uh, we're going to get to O.J. Howard, I'm sure, in a little bit. But Mike Evans is the guy. He's the number one target in Tampa Bay. He's going to be the red zone threat. And, you know, with Bruce Arians as the head coach, you know, Mike Evans is going to get all the shares. Yeah, Cody, he's, he's right there right now at number eight between Antonio Brown, Adam Thielen, just above uh, your, your boy T.Y. Hilton. Is that – you think that's good value or you think that's about where he finishes is in the eight range? I think that's where he about finishes. I think it's good value. Um, just like John already touched on, I think he's going to be, you know, the focal point of the passing attack. Uh, even with guys like Godwin and OJ Howard, he's going to get his numbers. Um, he's He's been Jameis's number one target, you know, since he came into the league. So I don't see that changing at all. I, 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 if I can get Mike Evans in the second or third round, I'm all about it. John, let me ask you this, man. Again, it's it's you're looking at six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Juju Smith, Schuster, Antonio Brown, Mike Evans, Adam Thielen, T.Y. Hilton. Who do you want from that group, buddy? I'm I'm honestly going with Juju Smith uh, Schuster. I think I think when you look at the quarterbacks, Big Ben Roethlisberger is the one guy that you can actually depend on. Is the one guy that you can actually trust. I think without Antonio Brown, Smith Schuster, he's going to be the guy that gets all the targets. What about you, Cody? Would you take Evans as high as six over Schuster, or is that you know 
eight is your max with the guys that are on the board ahead of him? Because I know you've you've been on the Mike Evans bandwagon since day one. Yeah, I would I would lean towards Mike Evans. The only person like in that range I would take over him probably is Ty, and that's just because of my biasness over him. Um, and it's kind of similar with uh, the what he said on Juju with Ty. I would trust Luck more way over Winston, but uh, I I don't, I don't think you can go wrong with either of those guys in that range. Um, I know I. I express my concerns with Juju this year because of him being the number one guy, all the eyes on him, but he is entering his third year. So you know how I feel about that. Um, But yeah, I mean, I would probably go with Mike. I mean, it's so far from the mock drafts I've been doing, if I'm getting my receiver in the second round, I've been either getting Mike Evans or T.Y. Hilton. That's how it's been going for me. Absolutely. Again, I love Mike Evans' consistency. That's just something that I love. You just plug him in, you know he's going to do you something every week. So, um, The other receivers on this team, I kind of hit or miss. I know there's a couple guys that are going to be some hot fantasy names. More, more than likely, Chris Godwin climbs up the board the closer we get. And uh, Brashad Perriman on this roster. Anybody else other than Evans in that wide receiver uh, range for you, Cody, who you'd be looking at as a fantasy value? Uh, definitely Chris Godwin. Uh, he's got all the talent in the world. Um, now with Sean Jackson out of the pitcher, he is going to be that number two guy uh, as far as targets out of the wide receivers. Um, I do have a fear that because of the hype around his name, that he might be going too high for my liking. If you um, want to know, I mean, right now he's slotted at number 23 wide receiver. Uh, that's the Tyree Kill, Tyler Lockett, Sammy Watkins, Juice Landry, Mike Williams range. Uh, I kind of like that range, actually. For him, but I feel like when we get closer to the season, he might even go on, be going up higher. You think he could get up to that Robert Woods, Kenny Galladay, Brandon Cook, 16, 17, 18 range at that I point? Could, I could see that if like the reports are coming out right, if maybe Jameis is looking good actually for once. I could definitely see that. People are, uh, I know a lot of people within the, like the fantasy community are really high on him. So if you're like in a league with a lot of fantasy experts, I could definitely see that happening as far as like maybe a you know your regular joe schmo leagues i could see you waiting on him which you can get a great return in value on him and rob you already know he's a third year receiver so if i can get him on my team i'm all about that um as far as perryman i'm good i'm not going to touch perryman at all um one guy this this is like maybe like for people that play dynasty um as far as like guys in the back end of the roster like i actually like demarcus lodge but there's this guy they drafted named scotty miller and i actually listened to adam Schefter's podcast today and Jameis winston was on there and he was talking extremely high about scotty miller comparing him to adam humphreys and how he could fill adam humphreys shoes and we already know like last year he fed adam humphreys a lot so if you're in a dynasty league like a big you know a deep dynasty league with like a lot of teams that might be somebody you might want to consider especially in like a ppr format absolutely 16 team dynasty that's a guy you're going to want to look at uh john let me come to you again uh, you heard what cody said about chris godwin and brashard perriman any love for either one of those you think you're itching to get any shares in that uh <laughs> that duo yeah uh, godwin i, I actually I'm a, I'm a fan of godwin 23 did you say 23 he was ranked i'm yeah, not absolutely. sure yeah, I'm not sure if I'm willing to go that high in him, but I remember last year Godwin was a hot waiver wire pickup in a lot of leagues. I think he continues that. Like I said, with the Bucks, they're going to be a pass-heavy offense. There's really no options in the running game. So I think Evans, O.J. Howard, Chris Godwin, 
I say you, I say you buy on them. Twenty three for Godwin. I think it's a little bit too high. And again, it's early on. We're this is still uh, like Tyreek Hill is slightly above Godwin because of the news. We still don't know where that's going to stand, so he can move up or down the board and shake things up. So the wide receiver position is going to be in flux up until the day you draft. I feel this season. So uh, let's move on to a guy in a position you've brought up a couple of times, John. And I'll start with you, OJ Howard, Cam Brait, both fantasy relevant the last year. So where would you? I mean, are, are you going either way? You've said O.J. Howard a couple times, so I'm guessing that you're an O.J. Howard lover between the two. Yeah, I feel like this is the year. I mean, he was so huge. The 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 talk around him out of college was was unreal. I mean, you heard, you know, the experts say that this guy was the best tight end to come out of the draft in, in probably forever. That's what you heard. So it's like now it's it's got to be the time where this 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 hype actually lives up. And he starts, you know, living up to his name, living up to his potential. I think this is the year that OJ Howard finally does it, finally breaks out. What do you think, Cody? I mean, we've seen how Brait uh, eats up targets and shares away from OJ because I've been on the OJ train. I thought he was great coming in too. And then it's just, it always seems like Brait comes in there and ruins my day. So what about you this year with the tight end oh, position? I, if I can get OJ Howard as my tight end, I'm all about it. Um, if this is the time, like John said, um, similar to wide receivers, like tight ends take some time. He's entering his third season as well. And people forget too, last year he finished as the number 10 tight end and he only played 10 games. Last year he got hurt. So let me, he was. Let me dead. ask you this though, because the thing is, we always want to talk about value and I'm looking at it right now. And I like OJ, but he is the fourth tight end off the board right now. Like, are you comfortable with that? Because you're taking him over Hunter Henry, Evan Ingram, Eric Ebron, Jared Cook now in New Orleans. Uh, Vance McDonald set up nicely, and Joku set up nicely. So, I mean, is O.J. Howard your fourth tight end? I yeah, I, I think I'd, I'd, I'd be comfortable with that. Sorry, Joku. No, it's fine. No, it's fine. Uh, I, I, I agree. Like, I, I'm comfortable with him being there. But if he, if he, I'm not going to overdraft him though. I, I don't know how to explain that right. Like he, I believe he's going to be a top five tight end on the year, but I just don't know if, like if I will be ready to draft him. Right. It kind of depends on how far that gap is in draft position between George Kittle going probably what third, fourth round and how, how, where, where does you start that other tight end tier, right? Like if he's in yeah. seven, eight, maybe sure. But if it's going four, I'm probably out on him. So uh, again, that's just all in how it's going to have to shake out. So let's talk about the 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 workhorse position in fantasy football. The running back kind of thin down here in Tampa Bay. This is probably why they fell to fourth in in our ranking here. Which one of these guys are you looking at, Cody, as a guy to target? You've got Peyton Barber. You've got Rojo after a disappointing season, and then not much to talk about on the back end. Uh, as far as the backs, like I'm not gonna go draft Peyton Barber. Um, we we already saw what he could. He he had the opportunity last year, and what he was inconsistent as a fantasy football back. He's what is he gonna average? Maybe like 3.8 yards per carry. He's he he's, he is what he is, and he's not a amazing fantasy back. So I have no gumption to go draft him at all this year. Um, if I am going to take a chance. If I'm going to, I know you never want to buy into spring reports, but 
reports out of OTAs, minicamp, and everything is that Ronald Jones has been looking good. And I, I touched upon this when uh, Marcus Grant was on here, um, that he could be a potential sleeper. And I live in Tampa. I met Ronald Jones a couple months ago, right before OTAs started. And compared to when I personally saw him in Indianapolis combined, this guy has put on a lot of muscle in his upper body. So he has put on the effort this offseason from that standpoint. But I need to see how he reacts when his training camp and preseason with a pass come on and the real football being played. But if I'm, if I'm going to take a running back from Tampa, it'll be him, and it'll be with my very last roster spot. For sure. And uh, just to let you know, uh, Ronald Jones comes in right now, uh, currently running back number 37, Peyton Barber coming in number 52. Um, obviously, we're not going to talk much about Peyton Barber, but Ronald Jones is in there in the Lat Murray, Rashad Penny, uh, Kareem Hunt range, uh, also Jordan Howard, Royce Freeman. There's some solid names in that. Would you be willing to take a flyer on Jones over those names? Uh, as for me, yes, just because. We saw it. I mean, of course, he has to work on his catchings, but we already know what David Johnson did in Bruce Arians' offense. So Tampa Bay did not go sign a guy, and Tampa Bay did not go draft a running back. So that tells a lot to me. Ronald Jones, John, are you going to go Ronald Jones or let's say Rashad Penny or the suspension game with Kareem Hunt? Which of those three names would you rather have? I think I'd have Rashad Penny. I, I can't trust Ronald Jones, like he's like Cody said, the his the inability to to catch the ball. He he doesn't have good hands at all. Um, I have to I have to correct Cody for one second. The the Bucks did pick up Bruce Anderson, and if I had to pick a guy who can be the Philip Lindsay of the 2019 season, I think I'm going with Bruce Anderson. Because I liked I liked this game out of North Dakota State. Uh, and just because there's not really any tough competition ahead of him. Peyton Barber, eh, it doesn't really excite me. Ronald Jones, the jury's still out on him. Bruce Anderson is someone that can walk into uh, training camp and actually win the job. That's a name we didn't bring up, Cody. Do you have anything you want to say about Bruce Anderson? Uh, I, I, I definitely uh, could see that happening. I, I'll be honest, like I've, I have not watched a lot of Bruce Anderson. Um, unfortunately he is one of the players I did not get to prior to the draft, but I will attest that there are people that I do trust with their opinions. And I will say this too. John is the guy that has earned my trust as well. So I will definitely take what he said and what some other people have said about Bruce Anderson. And he's right. I mean, this, this, and this is why I kind of feel the same way about Jones is that this, this position is open for the taking. And whoever does take that lead role, that's going to be the one, be the guy that you want. Definitely. Here, he, here's a name I want to throw out there to you, and this is just speculative. If for some way Duke Johnson can find his way to Tampa Bay, is he is he somebody you target? Because again, he wants out of Cleveland. Everyone is kind of on the train that Bruce Arians would like to have him. Is that somebody that you would then maybe say, hey, that's a guy I want to look out for if he makes it to this roster, Cody? Uh, yeah, just because of his pass-catching pass ability and that Bruce had to find a role for him within that offense. What about you, John? Quick quick guess or no, do you think that you would want some shares in Duke Johnson if he ends up on the Bucks roster? 
Yes, that's actually a perfect fit. I love that you brought that up. That's actually great. All right. So you heard it here. If, Like I said, because that's the one I'm keeping it out for. I think it just makes perfect sense with him on this roster. So uh, as we do every time, we'll just kind of do a passing question. Is this more than just a streamable defense? John, I'll start with you. Uh, I'm not, I'm not buying it yet. I'd like the David White pickup. I love the, love the, that draft pitch. Uh, but no, nah, I think I'm just, I'm, I'm going to stay away from the Buccaneers defense this, this, this year. Cody. Yeah. Unless they got that right matchup at the right week. Nope. I'll, Yes. <laughs> All right. So let's move into the next team on this uh, list here. We came with the Carolina Panthers. Well, do we want to do MVP now or later? No, I think we'll do it later, man. I like the way okay. we did it last time. So All it right, just kind of rolls out so that we can make a, a structure system of it. But yeah, thank you for reminding me because the last time we just forgot it wasn't a, a choice. <laughs> so um, let's move into Carolina Panthers. Same thing. Start with the most important position. Cam Newton, early whispers said he may miss time this season. Now I think those have all but faded away. Cam Newton, where do you stand this year, Cody? Uh, I am I am a Cam fan. I know you're not a big fan of him, Rob, but uh, he, he's been a top five quarterback when he's healthy. And people forget before he got banged up, the Panthers were six and two and they were rolling last year. And with he, where he is valued right now, you're telling me he's only one spot ahead of Jameis Winston, and I can get him in the later rounds and have a big reward uh, for that type of value. If I Cam's a guy like I hope I can get him in the later picks if I don't have to reach on a quarterback. Like I think I am high on him, especially now that his we we can finally put the whole shoulder thing away. Now, now that that's in the past, they got the shoulder cam at training camp. I don't know if you guys saw that, but they got the shoulder cam going on right now. And I think he healed. And I just think that, like, with with guys like – even if he's got to be eased into the year, with guys like Christian McCaffrey and run after the catch guys like DJ Moore and uh, Curtis Samuel, like, he can just dump the ball off and those guys can get him tons of fantasy points. I don't hate Cam just right <laughs> off rip it's just I, I i never most seasons i can't see the value in his draft position is the problem because i just, i'm one of those guys who wait and wait and wait and wait and wait on a quarterback but you did bring up he's one spot above Jameis. so if you're willing to risk it for Jameis, then you should definitely be pulling the trigger on cam newton like that's without question the only thing that that scares the shit out of me is this division is really good and if Cam comes out and gets hit and tweaks the shoulder and this team starts 0 and 4, 0 and 5, you might you might sit Cam Newton at that point. I, I that's that's my only thing if I if I had no injury concern about it at all, I'm I'd love the value at that pick right there because like you said one above Jameis, I'll go every time for that. But uh, uh John, where are you on Cam Newton going into this fantasy season? I kind of agree with everything Cody said. It's just, you know, it's all about the health. It's all about the shoulder. If he's healthy, the guy's a great quarterback. If he's not, you know, he's inconsistent. He tries too hard. You know, it's it just by the stats, the guy's it, it, an inconsistent quarterback. He's kind of proving to be a one-hit wonder. It was that 2015 season, the MVP season, and then afterwards, it's kind of just been downhill from that. Now, if, you know, it's, has he been hurt? We don't know. We know the shoulder thing is, is bothering him. We know the shoulder thing is uh, caused him to have a really bad, not, I wouldn't say a really bad year last year, but a year that we're not used to seeing from Cam Newton. Uh, if he's healthy, 
he's up there. I mean, he definitely was something was wrong last year because he started out so slow that I ended up picking him up off of off the waiver, and I think week three or four. So it was it was it was not a great start to the season, but in the long run, he did pan out. Is that kind of what you could see this year, Cody? A slow start, and then come mid season, he's your every week quarterback. Um, I could I could see that if if he he is like if his shoulder is still lingering, that's why I could see it being a slow start, kind of similar to like Andrew Luck last year. You know, it was a kind of a slow start that eased him into it, and then once yeah, that, didn't let him throw that fourth down ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then once his everything with all the rust was shaken off, it's like all right, let him go. But at the end of the day, he still has those feet, so he has a, a, a um you know a high floor. But I am interested to see they, they claim that he's changed his throwing motion. So I'm really interested to see how that is looking as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and uh, let's go down to the receiver position. You've already mentioned a couple of names. Uh, DJ Moore, probably the target in this group here. Uh, but you did say C- Curtis Samuel is there. What is it? Chris, Chris Hogan, is he there now too? Yep. Uh, yeah, Chris Hogan now there too. So uh, of the receivers uh, that are now in Carolina, which ones do you see as, as, as valuable or that you might try and get some shares in this year, Cody? Uh, if it's going to be anybody, it'll be DJ Moore. I was just a big fan of him uh, prior to the draft process last year, um, and I'm just a big DJ Moore fan. I'm not really high on any of the other guys. I've never really been a Curtis Samuel guy. I can see his potential possibly. Um, like I always mentioned with the receivers, he is entering his third year, so maybe he finally blooms. Uh, he did show some promise at some point last year. Uh, I would, I'll, I'll stay clear of Chris Hogan or like a Tory Smith. I would love to see the old AAF legend Rashard Ross make the team and just yes. see if he makes some flashes. <laughs> um, but other than that, if it's going to be anybody out of the receiving core, I just want DJ Moore. I'm not really looking for anybody else. So DJ Moore again, the target of the room here. You've got him with, uh, in the, again in the Mike Williams, Tyler Boyd, Alshon Jeffrey. Uh, Roby Anderson, Will Fuller, Allen Robinson, Range John. Any of those names that you'd take above DJ, or where do you sit on that? You know, I'm going to take my guy, my guy Allen Robinson. You know that. Oh, yeah. Got to have the bear. <laughs> that's that's definitely going to happen if I if I have the, you know the opportunity to take him, I'll take it Allen Robinson. But uh, no, I like DJ Moore. DJ Moore is probably the best option you can go to uh, out of the all the receivers on the Carolina team. Uh, I mean, they added veterans like Torrey Smith and Chris Hogan. I just, you know, like I said, that's not really, that's not going to do much for fantasy purposes. DJ Moore is probably the guy that you're going to want to get. Could you guys see DJ Moore turning into like a PPR machine now that he's the guy and they kind of do run the short offense? They don't really break it downfield that often. Any one of you? Oh, Oh, yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, I agree, 100%. And then. Of course, like he, he's like a type of guy they'll run reverses with too. So he'll get run plays. He's a, he, you just want to get the ball in his hands and let him create things. So he'll be used on screens and whatnot as well. For sure. And let's move then into the other receiving option, the tight end position. You've got the old stalwart Greg Olson back for his hundredth year, former Bear. I'm sure John's got love there. Um, Ian Thomas on the list. What is it? Anybody else of note? They've got total of like eight tight ends on the roster right now that obviously aren't going to make it Cody. Um, dude, I love Greg Olson. He's always been Mr. Reliable and fantasy, but just because of the last two years of injuries, I will stay fully clear away from him. Um, even though if he stays healthy, he'll probably be a really good fantasy tight end. Um, 
Ian Thomas, I think Ian Thomas is about a year away from having his breakout. So I really, I'm not really looking for any of the tight ends from Carolina. What if I told you Greg Olson was the 14th tight end right now? Would that change your opinion? Like, is he then a target, or is it he just such an injury concern that he's pushed off your board, my man? For me, because uh, that's the Delaney I, Walker, Jimmy Graham, or take a flyer on Fant or Hawkinson area. See that. That's what I'm saying. Like, if I'm getting Greg Olson, then I'm also drafting like Hawkinson, or like I'm taking two. At that point, I'm taking two tight ends at my roster, and I'm upset. So, <laughs> right, you haven't drafted properly. So, John, what about you, man? I mean, you heard the range of where he's going, and obviously, he has been a fantasy stalwart for years. But the injuries are piling up. So, so what's your thought about Greg Olson? Yeah, Greg Olson. I mean, it's, it's kind of a sad story. It's someone that you'd always you know, pencil in as your top five tight end when you're talking about all the tight ends in the NFL. You know, injury injuries are piling up. You had the retirement rumors. It wasn't even rumored to be the, like the Monday Night Football uh, announcer. There was a rumor going around about that. You know, you're not sure if this guy's going to even gonna play again. You're not going to sure – you're not sure if he's going to continue out the year. Um, yeah, so a 14 sounds about right. And, you know, it sucks to say it, but, yeah, you're looking at Greg Olson. If you carry two tight ends, you're th- you're thinking about Greg Olson as a backup tight end on your team. Man, that is my how the mighty have fallen. Uh, <laughs> hey, in we're this getting instance. old. Yeah, we are, dude, no doubt. Um, well, let's talk about the guy everybody wants to talk about on this Carolina roster. This guy can do everything. Potential 101 in my mind. I wouldn't be mad at you if you took him 101. Christian McCaffrey. I mean, he was an absolute monster last season. Was it a five, six-game stretch? He was the point leader in fantasy. He was amazing. Any downturn on that, Cody, or are you just all in balls to the wall on Christian you know, McCaffrey? I'm pushing, I'm pushing all the chips in. Yeah, I absolutely. Am. <laughs> I am. I love Christian McCaffrey. I'll, right now, he's probably my RB1, player one, heading into the year. And I, I mean, what else can I say? If he's my player one entering the year, I want him on my team. He's going to be fed. Um, there, I, Cameron Arts Payne, Jordan Scarlett, Elijah Holyfield, none of those guys scare me at all to get take away from his touches. And like we kind of ta- talked about, you know, if Cam Newton is eased into the beginning of the season. He's going to be, and even if Cam's like fully healed, more likely they're going to feature Christian McCaffrey. This is his offense now. This is no longer like Cam's definitely the face. He's still going to be Cam, but this is Christian McCaffrey's offense, and they're going to build that offense around him, and I want all the shares I can get of him. Yeah, absolutely. The whole offense is going to be built around Christian this year. John, I mean, he does everything. All he does is everything. Catch, run, yards, yak, everything. I mean, are you are you a believer in McCaffrey, or is he – are you going to say something negative to piss off me and Cody? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not going to say negative. McCaffrey's the real deal. Uh, he's kind of the, that guy that you're going to debate with if you're either going to pick him or Alvin Kamara. It's kind of two guys in the same division. You're going to who are you going to pick, McCaffrey or Kamara? I think that those two guys are going to be linked together throughout the entire season. Yeah, I mean that doesn't hurt that they're both in the same division. I mean, you guys in that division are getting a treat watching those guys run the ball and catch. So. Um, Again, you brought up Artist Payne. I mean, there's really no reason, barring injury, to talk about any other back in Carolina. Either one of you disagree with that? Nope. No, McCaffrey's the man. All right. So uh, that's going to take care of the offense. Now, this defense, man, this front seven, ugly. Super ugly. So where do you guys stand on the Carolina defense? Is this a draftable defense? 
Uh, and when I say I... draft, I mean spending actual capital, not waiting to the last pick and just grabbing a team. Uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that they're. I don't because I how I feel about defense is none of them are draftable. Uh, right. Yeah. Um. But here's the thing: they got a lot of sack potential. Look at that front four. You're talking about now. They got, dude. Their defense could be like a reason why they could. This this is for a different pod, but why I think they could possibly be a sleeper team to win the division. But dude, you're talking about Bruce Irvin, Don Terry Poe, Gerald McCoy, Brian Burns, um, Kawan Short is a backup and he's solid. <laughs> right. and, then, and then they also got Shaq Thompson, Luke Quickly, and then Donnie Jackson, who's a rookie last year, showed he's got those pick skills. I am worried about like they got Eric Reed. They I, if the back end of the defense can hold up, this could be a very this could be a top five fantasy defense on the year. I will say that. And um, as far as who they open the season against, they open the season against the Rams. So I will not draft them. <laughs> Everybody knows by this point, Cody is a watch that game, man. Cody doesn't watch the defense. He watches the offenses playing them. So, John, what about you, man? Are you uh, interested in Carolina's defense and spending some actual capital to get them? I wouldn't spend actual capital to get them, but I'm keeping an eye on them. But obviously, like Cody said, you know, week one against the Rams, you're probably not going to want to pit the Panthers to start that week. I'm a big fan of Brian Burns. Big fan of him coming out of Florida State. Uh, Luke Keekley, guys, one of the best backers and linebackers in in the NFL. Uh, I, I I like the defense, just maybe not on a week to week basis. I wouldn't I wouldn't you know pencil them in as my starting defense every single week. That's true, and I just I just looked though. They're the 21 ranked defense going into the fantasy season. That's stupid low. So if you can, yeah, I think off, that's, that's that's way too low. Yeah. yeah, if you can pick them off at the end of the draft, I might I might have to do that again. You'd have to look. I'd have to look at their schedule because their division schedule is tough. This is a hell of good offensive division. So. Now, to be fair, after they do face the Rams in the first week, you're talking about the Bucks. The Cardinals and the Texans all have subpar offensive lines. Uh, you're talking about Jameis turnover prone. You're talking about a rookie quarterback and a behind a terrible offensive line in the Cardinals. And then you're talking about one of the worst offensive lines of the Texans. So there could be a good quick turnaround in those in that first month. So it's something like like uh, John said, not not actively going to go draft him. Can they be a good defense? Yes. But if they're twenty first, more likely they're not even getting drafted. So they're a team right. So pay attention after yeah. week one and clear exactly. those. There you go, and then go get them for week two, three, and four. Absolutely, good call, Cody. So um, let's move then into uh, uh, some more potent offense here, and we'll talk about the New Orleans Saints. This one was probably the toughest one. Who's better, uh, fantasy wise, New Orleans, Atlanta? And I think what we all can. It came to was that uh, Atlanta's a better fantasy team. New Orleans is the better real life team. You guys have anything you want to say about that? No, I think we all agree on that. Joe might be a little mad, but it's kind of true. Yeah, well, at least the Falcons are first in something, Joe Carlino. So yeah, uh, uh, let's talk about then old reliable here, Drew Brees. I mean, what's left to say about Drew Brees this many years in the league? everything's been said about this man, but Cody, we'll start with you. Are you a, a, a Drew Brees guy in fantasy? This is going to be weird, but I am actually going to stay away from Drew Brees this year. 
I don't know why. Maybe it's my intuition, but I felt like he kind of somewhat fell off towards the end of the year last year that nobody's really talking about. And I know Tom Brady's got it in people's mindsets that now quarterbacks can play till like they're 40, you know, 40 something. But at the end of the day, the guy's 40 years old. And should I be betting on the fact that maybe his arm finally falls off? I probably I mean, that laser robot rocket arm's got to come off at some point. It's surgically put on. Yeah. And we saw it wear down towards the end of the year. And I am kind of weary about Breeze. Like, I had an opportunity in my mock draft when I did that for our, the article the other week to draft him. But then I was like, you know what? Like, I, I would rather take a couple guys with upside in the later rounds than draft Drew Brees higher. I, I just feel like maybe his value is too high for me right now. Right. Just because I, of his name. And uh, just to speak to the value again, we'll have to break this down. But the quarterback rankings have him at number seven overall behind Matt Ryan above Russell Wilson in that range there. Although these quarterback rankings seem to be pretty trash now that I look at them. Mahomes one, Luck two, Rodgers three, sure. Watson, Mayfield. Mayfield at five. Uh, Matt Ryan six, Breeze seven, Wilson eight, Wentz nine, Kyler Murray ten. Above Goff, Newton, Winston, Rivers, Roethlisberger, and Brady. So that's a little odd. But uh, would you would you be willing to spend top ten capital for a quarterback, John, on a Drew Brees? Or are you just uh, a wait and see what happens and who falls to you later kind of guy? Uh, not on Drew Brees. I'm kind of mad at Cody. So I feel like he's got this camera in my room because <laughs> he took away exactly what I was going to say. From the first ten weeks of last year, Drew Brees, they were talking about him as an MVP. Him, it was Brees versus Mahomes, the first 10 weeks. Then the Dallas game came, and something changed. Dallas completely shut him shut him down, completely shut him out. Not shut him out, he did give up 10 points, but... That's, yeah, shut, that's yeah. basically a shutout against the Saints. You're right about that, you're right about that. Then after the Dallas game... Something went something went wrong, and we didn't see the same Drew Brees after that. And so that's really that's starting to concern me about Drew Brees. We didn't see the same Drew Brees, and it's not like he's some spring chicken. The guy's forty years old, and I mean you gotta you gotta be you gotta be worried about that. So I, I, I'm kind of I'm buying low on Drew Brees. And and to add uh, the worry about Drew Brees too is the Taysom Hill guy. You know, and nothing take away from like the little creativity that uh sean payton is doing but like at there's some points when they get down to the red zone drew Brees is either lined up as a receiver on the sideline and Taysom hills in there when i want to get drew Brees to probably dump off to camara for an easy touchdown or now hitting jared cook in the red zone but i might have to worry about Taysom hill taking some snaps away from him oh man that's ugly to talk about vulturing touchdowns from the quarterback position yeah that's gross <laughs> yeah that's pretty gross. Um, I'm with you guys on everything you said, man. I love Drew Brees, even though I'm a Rams guy and we got all that hate. I mean, I've been on Drew's bandwagon for many years, but I'm with you. I just – he didn't look right after that Dallas game, and it just never came back. I'm a little worried that that means that it's just not going to come back, so I can't invest that capital. Uh, but let's talk about a, a position that's usually very heavily spent upon Saints wide receivers. Uh, obviously, the guy to talk about is Michael Thomas, but there are other names on the list. Traquan Smith, Ted Ginn Jr., Cameron Meredith, uh, Austin Carr. 
Any anybody past Michael Thomas? Uh, let's talk about Michael Thomas first, Cody. Where do you stand on him going into the season? Because obviously he's going to be a top five receiver uh, going into drafts. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to get any Saints receiver, I mean, we'll touch on it, but he's the only guy. <laughs> like, if I'm going to get a Saints receiver, it's only Michael Thomas. Uh, at the same kind of worries with me, like he when when Breeze fell off last year in fantasy, so did Michael Thomas, and. That somewhat scares me away from him. Um, I would honestly, because of his value, where he's going right now, I'm more considering some play other players. But one thing that kind of draws me to him is just because what we saw is they've just paid, uh, what's his name, the DN, uh, Cameron Jordan, and mm-hmm. Michael Thomas's deal is up next. Now, if they get done before the season, that kind of takes my draw away from him. But if he enters the season still like not getting his new deal – He's gonna want to put up big numbers. He's gonna. He is the most consistent receiver in that uh, passing attack. So he's a guy that like he's. A, I feel like he's just gonna be a good consistent option in fantasy. But he's not gonna have like those wow weeks this year. Something just tells me that. Well, that being said, and I'll come to you in just a second, John. But that being said, would you? have the cojones then to pull it because he's the number three off the board you're talking about ahead of julio obj juju and ab and mike evans no 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 give me those other guys all of them down to mike evans yeah Yeah. so michael thomas falls in what about receiver eight or nine for you seven eight nine somewhere in that range yeah just because like i already kind of touched about i am for something scares me about breeze's arm this year and when breeze fell off last year so did michael thomas like he almost became like unplayable towards the end of the last year. He and like, we have zero proof of what he can do sans Drew Brees. We don't know what any of them can do sans Drew Brees. So if something happens, that could cripple. He's a great you. player. Like I ain't trying to talk, you know, crap on him. No, like, for I, sure. I, I feel like I feel like because of how good the Saints have been the last two years, a lot of them have kind of like been overvalued in fantasy heading into this year. The, the Steelers the effect. The, the, yeah. the, Besides the, the guy we're going to yeah. talk at the running back position, he's rightfully so there. I feel like Breeze and Thomas, and even the guy we'll touch upon, like I liked him last year, Jared Cook. Well, let me ask you this, John. What about you on Michael Thomas? Are you in the he's worth the top three wide receiver capital, or are you just not going to touch him because that's what it's going to take to get him? Definitely not top three. Definitely not top three. I'm thinking top six, uh, top seven, right in between Mike Evans and Juju Smith uh, Schuster. I'm talking like that's right where Mike Thomas is because I'm like, I'm right where Cody is. Once Drew Brees dipped, so did Michael Thomas. And there's another re- Saints receiver that, that was kind of on the rise while he dipped. We'll get, we'll get to him a little later. Um, but go yeah, ahead, speak on him because we're going to transition anyway. So go ahead, man. Oh, cool. Uh, Traquan Smith. I, I, I think you, we really have to uh, keep an eye on him as the Saints number two. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm telling you, I think he's going to skyrocket this year. Once Michael Thomas dipped, we saw Traquan Smith make, make big time catches in the playoffs, especially against the Eagles. So let me uh, let me then transition back to you, Cody. Traquan Smith, the name he brought up. Uh, you said you probably weren't interested past Michael Thomas here, but where do you stand on that? John makes a good point. When Michael Thomas fell off, Traquan was the one that stepped up and took some of those balls. Yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, I I do like uh, I do like Traquan Smith's game. Um, I just feel like you can probably, as of right now, I feel like you don't necessarily have to draft him and have him on your roster. You know, I feel like he could be a waiver wire pickup. 
Yeah, uh, he's falling in up. right now at wide receiver 63. So you're talking uh, Andy Isabella, Devontae Parker, Marquise Goodwin, Robert Foster, Kenny Stills on the right fringe of undrafted or super late flyer picks. Uh, yeah, I mean, I would definitely say like if you wanted, if you if you were the person that's like all in on the uh, the Saints offense this year and you just wanted to get a part of it and you missed out on a Bree, a Camara, uh, a Cook, or a Thomas and you just wanted a part of it, he would be the receiver I would want. Um I don't see, I mean, Ted Ginn is Ted Ginn at this point of his career. I can't believe right. he still plays. Like, I'm pretty sure I was like 12 when he made that big, like, kick return touchdown for Ohio State in the national championship game. So he makes me feel right. old. Um, Cameron Meredith has just never been the same since he dealt with that injury at Chicago. Um, and then I just don't see any, I know other names are jumping off on this roster. So, yeah, I mean, I definitely see the value of owning a Traquan Smith. You know, especially if a Michael Thomas were to fall off, he would be the he would be the guy. That, he he definitely will be the guy that should be uh, second in targets out of all the receivers. Right, because Ted Ted Ginn at best is what the last few years exactly what he has been. You need a, a streamer late in the week. You forgot to can pick up a guy. Okay, Ted Ginn's on the waiver. You you roll him out and hope he grabs two or three balls and one of them's a touchdown for ninety yards. So uh, it's kind of where you stand with it as well. I do like the name Traycon Smith. Uh, especially again, if this Michael Thomas thing shakes itself out with a contract, Cody, would that if Michael Thomas gets the contract, are you higher on Traquan Smith, or is he just never going to move until you get into the preseason and see what he does? Yeah, I'm not. Uh, I, I I'm not jumping to get him. I'll just say that. Okay, That's just how I feel. Uh, now let's talk about the tight end position right quick then. Uh, Jared Cook, the new name in the room. Uh, Josh Hill also on the roster, but again, Jared Cook's going to get the bulk of playing time here. I mean, quietly been a decent tight end. I, I hate on the man being a f former Ram, and I just think he underachieved there. But he did have an all right season with the Raiders. was kind of the only receiving option you could roll out for them. And then to come into an offense that has made stars in that position before. Uh, John, I want to start with you this time. Where do you stand and what's your outlook for Jared Cook going into the uh, season with a new team? Probably, I would say, uh, if we're talking rankings, I would say maybe look, looking outside the top 10, around 11, 12, 13 range. Um, he had a good year last year, surprisingly, with Oakland and with how, with how bad the Oakland offense was. They, they really couldn't get anything going. Jared Cook was the guy that Carr depended on, and it was the guy, he was the guy that uh, Gruden depended on as well. He was the safety blanket. He had, made some, he had some good weeks. Uh, the Sean Payton bringing him over to New Orleans, uh, that that kind of speaks highly of Jared Cook. I think I'm not saying that he's going to have a Pro Bowl type year. I'm not saying that he's going to put up star numbers. But I do, I do like what you said there, and let me ask you directly. You use the word security blanket, right? So yeah, he's definite. There's no need for a security blanket in New Orleans. So, do you think that diminishes his now? Because I would think. Again, he's going to have to work to get open here. Breeze doesn't force things. Even if Breeze is lesser, he's still smart. So I'm Jared Cook is going as a, as the number eight tight end. I'm all out on Jared Cook, John. What do you think knowing that he's the number eight tight end? Yeah, in eight tight end, I think that's too high. Like I said, I was thinking maybe, maybe 11, 12, 13 more like it. Um, you know, I just – there's there's too many mouths to feed, and we haven't seen – you know, I'm more high on the wide the wide receiving core out of New Orleans than, than most. 
I we we haven't seen a tight end have have great level of production out of New Orleans since the Jimmy Graham days. We, I mean, they brought in they brought in Kobe Fleener. That I mean, that didn't really pan out. They brought in uh, I mean Jed Hill. It hasn't really you know Was been it ben, a, ben, ben, Watson ben Watson last year didn't have a great year. Didn't didn't really break out. So it's they we, the tight end position has kind of been lost in New Orleans. So it's kind of the mythical position that that hasn't really existed in years, Cody. What about you? Again, tight end eight. I know you like Jared Cook in the situation, but do you like it that much? No, not too high. I feel like um, with the Saints, he's going to be that tight end that has amazing weeks. He's going to catch a couple touchdowns, maybe a hundred yards to go with it. But then the next week, he's going to get you like three catches and twenty-seven yards. Like I feel like that's going to be his role within the, the, their offense and like he kind of touched upon like you haven't seen any, any tight end other than jimmy graham and what made jimmy graham special in that offense is he had the ability to line up as a you know out of the slot out right. as a receiver as well and the thing was like why and I, that's why i think i was higher on jared cook entering last year is he was he, he was in a better offense john gruden loves to feature the tight end in his offense in that West Coast type of offense. That's why he, I believe he ended up having such a great season underneath uh, his leadership. So, I I mean, while I do see the value of him coming to the Saints, being with the Drew Brees, they did pay him money when they hardly have any money to come play for New Orleans. Um, but as far as tight end eight, I feel like it is a little bit of a reach, and I would hope he could fall a little bit further than that. But, I mean, if I get him on my team, I wouldn't be upset. But Let me ask probably... you this. Uh, the guy right above him, is this is two tight ends who have been traditionally overdrafted and then disappointed you. It's him at eight, Eric Ebron on your Colts team at seven. Which one do you go with, Cody? Which one are you more confident that has a better year? I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I would probably go with Jared Cook just because well, uh, Colts just have way too many mouths to feed. Jack Doyle's coming back. Uh, there's a lot, in my opinion, there's a lot more people that the, the ball's going to be spread around to. And that and, and the touchdown regression, right? It has to, he can't score that off. Yeah, that, and I mean, if, if Jared Cook is able to like put, put, develop some chemistry with Breeze, it could pay off because uh, there were some times last year when, while it was a, it was a collection of all the tight ends, but those tight ends were collecting a lot of touch. If I remember, if I, I don't have the stats up in front of me, but they were collecting like between Dan Arnold, Hill, and Ben Watson. One of those guys touched down for Breeze last year when it came to the red zone. All right. So, I mean, you heard it here, man. Just it's hard to predict Jared Cook's season this season. Again, if Breeze is the Breeze of old, he could blow up and be a great value. Again, I just don't see him as the tight end eight bringing back much value for the position. But now let's talk about Mr. Lightning himself, guys. This is this is one of my favorite players in football. Alvin Kamara, man, AK-41. He's been a beast since the second he touched the field. Are you – where does Kamara fall for you, Cody? Uh, he's right up there in the, uh, I would say, top four. I, I'm, uh, I'm debating on where he'll end up finishing prior to the season. I mean, probably, uh, as far as where I would want to draft him, if I do have a top pick, I already said CMC is my number one back. And then, of course, you're debating if like Ezekiel Elliott as well. Um, yeah, I mean, if you can get Kamara, he's going to get fed. He's going to get screens. I guess the only reason why I would lean 
like somebody like Christian McCaffrey over Kamara is I do have my worries that Latavius Murray is going to be the goal line back and he's going to be a touchdown vulture. Um, other than that, I think if you get Kamara on your team, you got an RB1. You can't go wrong with that. What about you, John? I mean, you're, let me ask you, uh, uh, who would you take here? You're on the board. Your pick number two, Christian McCaffrey's off. You've got Saquon, Alvin Kamara, Ezekiel Elliott. Who you go right there? Alvin is, Kamara. Is it AK? Yeah, it's AK. It, it, I, I already told my the guys that I, I in the my fantasy football league, if I had the number one pick, it's Alvin Kamara. I love that. I absolutely love this player. Everything that he does. I when you mentioned Saquon Barkley, I don't know if you can depend on him because everyone is going to expect the Giants to run the football. Ezekiel Elliott, it's kind of the same thing. Christian McCaffrey, that's more debatable. I think Alvin Kamara, to me, clear cut. I have I, I have him going number one. Nice. Cody, would you have a, is there a situation or is you just so McCaffrey there's no way at number one you could take Kamara? Or would you be mad at somebody who took Kamara? Uh, I mean, I wouldn't be mad at him, but I would understand. But uh So there's an argument to be made. It's Yeah, yeah. I mean I I mean I think there's an argument to be made between any of those four backs you mentioned. Um, and then a tear fall off into the Gordon yeah, DJ's yeah. bells. Yeah. I feel like honestly, if you got a top four pick and you get one of those guys, you're not gonna be too upset. I mean, I, I guess my debate is between Carmera Camara and Saquon, just because I do like Saquon. And but John does give a good point. Everybody knows Saquon's gonna get the ball. While in this offense, you you're we're like we are talking about. They got a Michael Thomas, they got a cook, they got a Traquan Smith. So they got some guys that could take some eyes off of Camara. And and um, they've got a coach who's willing to think outside the box and throw Camara out of the slot and maybe put him on yeah, the end. See, that's one thing that kind of gives them the advantages. I will probably trust uh, not probably i would trust sean payton's mind over you know a why can i not think of the head coach of the giants uh because they're a trash fire uh, (laughs) yeah i got pat Shermer. i would trust payton over that and then i don't even know who is calling shots in dallas but i i i I, yeah oh kellen moore that's right so i don't know i've always leaned i've never really wanted anything of the deal with Zeke. So that's just a personal opinion. So I'd probably go CMC, Camara, Saquon, and then Zeke. That's how I view it right now. Uh, so, I mean, regardless of how you guys are seeing it, he's going to be in the top three. If he falls out of your top three and you're number four, thank the lucky stars. Cause you got, you got hella lucky, my man. Um, so we traditionally, we would normally talk about a Mark Ingram here, but now he's moved on. Are we, putting that faith in lat murray or are we thinking maybe the addition of is buck allen still on the roster cody uh they just signed him so technically yeah okay he's still so on the roster divine a is a pretty solid uh free uh udfa guy so is uh, there a number two or is it kamara and then running back by committee at, at that point? i know he is a number two they paid him money money talks so <laughs> i think uh i think the signing of buck allen um he's just he's more a receiving back i think he is their he's gonna be more of their third down guy that maybe could help out if car camara would happen to go down with an injury well john let me ask you this uh what percentage of mark ingram do you think lat murray is stat wise we talking 70 75 80 uh i would say i would say uh, i would say around 75 percent 
So is is he somebody that you'd like to get shares in? I'm going to pull up his ranking right now because obviously uh, Kamara is slotted right now as the number three running back, probably the number three overall pick. So, I mean, I'm going to look up the, the ranking here, but but do you, tell me what kind of faith level you have in, in Lat Murray being playable. Well, I do have some faith in I do have some faith faith in Lat Murray because uh, in Minnesota, Dalvin Cook has been injured plenty of times as well. So Lat Murray, I mean, he it's not like he's been sitting on the bench in Minnesota. He's gotten starting reps. He's a, he could he can very well come in replace Kamara. Not 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 do what Kamara does, of course, but it's he's no slouch. He's not a guy that's you know you know slow the momentum down. He's a guy that can do his job well, grind out grind out yards on the ground, and then like Cody said it before, he can be that goal line back. He can be the guy that ranks that racks up points for you late in games. All right, well All right. let me let me throw out some names here. Then you've got Daryl Henderson, Miles Sanders, Lat Murray. Rank those guys for me, Cody. I'm sorry, you said uh, Murray. Miles Sanders uh, from in Philly, and then Daryl Henderson with the Rams, because they're all within within about five picks of each other. Man, I, I gotta go upside. I, I would go Miles Sanders, Daryl Henderson, and then Lat Murray, just what because a, the just because Miles Sanders has the potential to be the lead back in Philadelphia and get touches. We already know about Gurley's situation, so I take a bet on that. And Camara, Camara, you know. He's never shown that he could be – I don't believe he's dealt with any type of injuries uh, as far as a pro. So, like, there's no concern with him getting hurt at any point where Murray would take over. But like John was saying, too, like, if, if, if something were to happen to Kamara, I would be all about getting Murray on my right. team. Like, if he's on the waiver wire, I am screaming to go get him because he, he showed that he can – he has the capability of being a lead back, but – He's not a guy I will get. The only way I would probably draft him is if I have Camara, just because like maybe I have a last bench spot just as a handcuff, just in case. Type thing. What about you, John? Any more than a handcuff for Murray? If you don't end up with Kamara, do you think you get Murray on your roster? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I wouldn't be looking to draft Murray, but I mean, if he's on your waiver wire, I would. There's, he, it doesn't hurt picking him up. It doesn't hurt having him on the roster. I'm with you guys. Um, again, no. If if something happens to Kamara, that's one of those guys you go out and break the bank to get. You if you're playing Fab, you spend the Fab and go get Let Murray at that point. So um, let's. Uh, we covered all the offense, right? I didn't miss anybody. I'm notoriously bad for skipping tight ends, John. So we covered everybody, right, Cody? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. This defense, anything more than streamable, Cody? I'll start with you. Uh, th- their defense came on strong last year, um, and they they definitely got deeper uh, with the additions of guys like a guy I really like, Chauncey Gardner Johnson, Saquon Hampton's a good guy, uh, Marcus Davenport should be healthy, and if 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 he can finally like if not him finally, but if they could tap into his potential as a player, this defense could be sleepy good. Um, but as far as how I view them right now. Their beginning of the last year was trash. Remember, Tampa lit them up. So, like, I am scared they could revert to their old habits. And their their opening schedule is not that. I just I pulled it up as we were talking, and man, their opening schedule can be scary. They got Texans, who still have a good offense. They got the Rams. They got the Seahawks, the Cowboys, the Bucks. We'll see if they put that together. And they their first viable like good option as a defense would maybe be the Jaguars. And you're talking about mid October. 
So right. I wouldn't be trying to draft them. And again, it, it it hurts every defense in this division because you've got six games because the Bucks can get hot and put up points. The Panthers can run all over you and the Falcons can pretty much do what they want. So you've got six hardcore games. This division plays hard against each other that are just negatively counting against your schedule. So, John, anything more than a streamer for you? Are you spending any capital on this defense? No, I, I, you just can't. And that, that's not a knock on the Saints. It's a knock on pretty much everybody in the NFC South. Like you said, Rob, you know, all of these offenses can put up 35 points on any given Sunday, at least 35 points. They're all high-powered offenses. So that and that's why I would stay away from every defense coming out of the NFC South. That's, that's a fair point. I don't, I don't think I've had any of these defenses in like the last decade. So I just avoid it, man. It's, it's a strong division. So that's, and like Cody said, the schedule mid October, I'm not, I'm not drafting you and stashing a defense that long. So uh, let's move on then to the cream of the crop fantasy wise. I'll repeat that for Joe Carlino, <laughs> the cream of the crop in this division, fantasy wise, the Atlanta Falcons and a guy who's, I found out the last couple days is contentious. I mean, you either like or don't like Matt Ryan, and it's pretty strong on both sides. Where do you stand on on Matt Ryan, Cody? Uh, I'm like right in the middle with him, right? Like I I respect what he's done with his career. He's been definitely been able to put up points. Um, if, if where he's going, I can definitely understand. He's in an offense that features a lot of pa- uh, passing options between the guys we'll cover uh, here in a moment. But as far as drafting him on fantasy, he's just never been a guy for me. I don't think I've ever owned Matt Ryan on any of my fantasy teams. Like, even during his MVP year. I had him that year. I had him that year. It was like like, a 16th round draft pick. It was great. Yeah, 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 exactly. (laughs) Like, you got him because he was a steal. Like, then that's how people got him. He's just never been a guy I want to go. He Just look at his face, man. Like, I just can't draft him. I'm See, sorry, man. <laughs> and that's my argument. And I'll, I'm sure I'll get an at from Joe about this. But my point is, is if he was that great of a quarterback with the names we're going to list here in a minute and the names he's had in his past, he would be a sought after fantasy commodity. And he's just not like I again, I'm I'm a Matt Ryan hater. I don't really know where it comes from, because, again, I did have him the one year. It was definitely uh, in your favor to have him. But I've. I just I can't fall in love with Matt Ryan any season. So, uh, John, what about you? What about Matty Ice, man? Tell me how you feel about him. I'd be happy to have him on, on my team. I think he's a top ten quarterback in in real life and in fantasy. Uh, I mean, last year he put up really solid numbers. I mean, he, I mean, he almost threw for five thousand yards, thirty five touchdowns, only seven interceptions. It just didn't help that that defense injury injuries and all was absolutely terrible. And he didn't have – the O-line wasn't that great. Devontae Freeman, injury-prone. Pullman was okay for a, free, for a few weeks. It just, it, just felt, it just felt like Matt Ryan was stuck in no man's land. That's what it felt like last year. But you're going to have to take him at QB6 right now. Any, any way at a QB6, either one of you end up owning shares of Matt Ryan? Not me, personally. Uh, one, one question. Who's at seven, eight, and nine, if you don't mind me asking? Drew Brees, Russell Wilson, Carson Wentz, and then follows Kyler Murray, Goff, and Cam Newton. I'm definitely taking Wentz and Russell Wilson over Matt Ryan. So I would, I would, I would rank him Wilson, Wentz, 
Ryan, and then then Matt Ryan. So again, again, that's again, it's you're just not going to be able to end up with him because he's so highly rated going into this season. Because like you said, the touchdown to interception ratio last season was insane, John. That was a good yeah, stat to guess, pull out. Yeah, and he like I definitely agree. Like he's and Joe Joe's probably gonna love this episode. Like he he is a top ten quarterback. Like don't get me wrong with his talent. It's just like it's just something about him. I never wanted to really reach and own him. And like with his value right now, like I would much rather take a high upside guy like like John's like Mr. Trubisky. Like I would rather wait and get a Mr. Trubisky later or a Josh Allen. Something that's got a like I can get a at a lower value with the that can potentially put up the numbers. Right. You could you could fall into a Kirk Cousins and at quarterback nineteen and I think have the same statistical season. Cause I think I, I I think the Vikings take a step forward offensively. So I, yep. I I'm just again, I'm that guy who prefers and and this was when I've been playing fantasy back when there were only like five playable quarterbacks and I waited. Now you're talking this position is super deep all the way into the twenties. So I just can't see myself paying the capital to end up with a Matt Ryan at number six, but again, probably has a stellar fantasy year ahead of him. So um, let's move into the wide receiver position and he who catches no touchdowns, Julio Jones, love the guy. Great for 200 yards in a week and, and no touchdowns. So I'm going to, let me come to you, Cody, talk about Julio a little bit. Well, uh, it's Julio, man. He's the dude's a beast. Obviously, you know, people always want to talk about the touchdowns, but he does still put up the yards, so he's still going to get you points. I don't, I don't necessarily ever see a, I don't see like a, I don't see him falling off anytime soon. Um, he could definitely get, he definitely be, you know, his typical wide receiver oneself. Um, what he's going, like you said, he's going behind Michael Thomas right now. Give it, give that to me all day. Um, yeah, I mean, if I end up with Julio, I'm not going to be upset like at all. Like. I mean, he is just Julio. Like, I don't know. I don't have nothing negative to say about him. Oh, no. I mean, class act, great route runner, perfect hands, perfect physical specimen. I mean, the guy is everything you ever want in a, in a wide receiver. Yeah. And I, and I, he's, he's, he's got his role in the offense. That's not going to change. So, I mean, if you get him, you're going to get a consistent guy on your roster that you're just going to hope that he can find the end zone more than often. I mean, the the guy hasn't had a season with under 1,400 yards since 2013 where he only played five games. Like, he's insane yardage. The thing that I like and is because we keep talking about return on investment, him going at number four wide receiver, you know he's going to get you somewhere between 14 and 1,700 yards. That's clockwork, right? But if he were to break out and have a 12 to 15 touchdown season, he is the number one player in fantasy. So I love Julio Jones as the number four wide receiver off the board. I, I, I mean, again, if he ends up breaking out touchdown-wise, you're just laughing all the way to the bank while you crap all over your opponent. So, uh, John, what do you think about that? Am I, am I wrong? No, you're definitely not wrong. He's going to give you the yards. That's just that's just given. You know, going into this, going into this season, Julio Jones is going to give you a bunch of yards. The Falcons did make a move. Uh, they, they they got rid of Steve Sarskisian. Sar- Sorry about that. Steve Sarskisian was their offensive coordinator. But he's gone. So th- will that make a difference? That could make a difference to, to get a new offensive coordinator out there to maybe, you know, give Julio Jones the ball more in the red zone. 
uh, I'm I'm buying in on Julio Jones. Yeah, I just and again, I don't think anybody's got any argument about how great Julio is. So we won't spend much more time. He's if I think he's one of, as good as he is and as highly as people regard him, I think he's still underrated. Just because again, no ever drama. He just shows up, does what he's supposed to, and just destroys everybody. So I love Julio Jones. The other names on this list, you've got old throwback Mohamed Sanu. Uh, Calvin Ridley came into his own as a rookie last season in touchdowns. I mean, that's all he did was catch touchdowns. Uh, anybody else on this? Are you any any love for a Justin Hardy or a, a receiver even deeper than that, Cody? No. Um, anybody outside Julio, I'm just going to want Calvin Ridley. Um, but that's going to be... That's gonna have to be later rounds. I, I I love Cal. I loved Calvin Ridley entering the whole draft process last year. Um, we saw when he boomed last year. He, he boomed big time. Um, but that's my worry is he's just gonna have another year where he's gonna have his span of weeks that he kills it. But then he'll have his weeks where he's kind of you know so so. I I, I expect his breakout year the following season. Um, but if I were gonna own anybody outside Julio, I would take Calvin just with the understanding I might need to play him on a match out face um as far as sanu snooze is that guy he's gonna have his, some solid weeks and then maybe every once in a while he tosses a touchdown through the air <laughs> muhammad sanu the king of secondary points you weren't counting on um calvin ridley though cody going in as wide receiver number 20 that's the kenny galladay cooper cup tyler lockett tyreek hill range right now is that is it that kind of faith or were you hoping he would fall into maybe the 30s the late 20s yeah. early 30s later on that i would pretty much take pretty much all those guys over him maybe i would take him over cup just because cup is dealing with two other receivers they're gonna take targets away from him yeah but you're wrong uh, <laughs> i just had to we'll, we'll save that for the rams podcast yeah we will uh, <laughs> um but no i mean yeah because like tyler lockett i would take tyler lockett over him easily who else did you say? Um, You've got Tyreek Hill, Kenny Galladay's yeah, in there. Um, Kenny Galladay, hands down, all day over him. Uh, Tyreek Ty Hill depends on the suspension. What uh, about Chris Godwin or Juice Landry? Are both of those guys over Calvin Ridley? I'll take Godwin over him, and I would take Juice over him. Like, I so, just, I mean, they've got, this has Ty, uh, Calvin Ridley about five spots higher than you would probably have him. Yeah, and so. it's nothing against Calvin Ridley as a player. It's just that you're talking about he, you're talking about he's dealing with Julio. And then on top of that, he is also dealing with Sanu, um, even though, like, obviously I said I would not really lean towards Sanu at all as far as fantasy. We'll talk about him. Austin Hooper will be a part of the passing attack. And then, obviously, they'll – the more likely, because they try to draft and improve their line, they're going to try to get back to re- rely upon Devontae Freeman. So I just, this is this is another offense why they're the last one we're talking about. They have a lot of mouths to feed. So I just wonder if he'll be consistent enough for me. And I, With fantasy, it's all about consistency. In my That's opinion. the word, consistency, John. What are you on Calvin Ridley as far as can you count on him week to week? I like Ridley. I think you can count on him week to week. I wouldn't put him that high with the, the list we just mentioned. The the one guy that I would probably pick Ridley over is uh, Godwin. Other than that, you're picking everyone else. You're picking the field. Uh, I like Ridley. I think he's the wide receiver on the Falcons that can really attack the, the middle of the field. Julio Jones, you can go to the outside. Mahon Sanu to the outside. He, Ridley is the only... I shouldn't say the only guy, but really the guy that's going to get the most touches that can really attack up and down middle of the field. 
And I think Matt Ryan's going to find him right, right in there. While Julio Jones and Muhammad Sanu really spread the field and open up the field for Ridley. Well, that being said, then John, let me start with you, Julio and Ridley opening up the field. Uh, does that benefit in Austin Hooper? Uh, we, he was, there was three, four, five weeks last week, last year where he was more than serviceable uh, as a streamer replacement. Does, do you, push that even higher this year and maybe take a draft flyer on Austin Hooper? Uh, I would, I would think, uh, I don't see, I don't know. I can't trust Hooper. Like you said, there's those weeks where <laughs> the guy's a stud, the guy's a top five tight end in the NFL. And there, there's those weeks where he's just completely disappeared from the Falcons offense. Just it's someone that I would not depend on as my tight end. Number one. Oh, absolutely. Austin Hooper will ghost you quicker than an online relationship. That is true. So, uh, Cody, what about you, man? Austin Hooper, uh, do you have any love? Because he's coming in right now as a tight end 11. I think I'd probably rather take a flyer on Hawkinson or Fant or even uh, maybe a Delaney Walker uh, who are ranked lower than him. So Austin Hooper at tight end 11, is that too rich for your blood? Yeah, and it's and John covered him pretty well. Uh, you know, he's not going to be consistent enough. And you're talking about a guy that was, what, a tight end, top tight end five, like throughout the season, pretty consistently, mm-hmm. like at times. And something like I didn't even think about, like until John mentioned it, um, you know, they got a new offensive coordinator. So we really don't even know how the tight ends are going to be used in this offense quite yet. So that's something to consider. Uh, I'm not, like you said too, Rob, like if I'm going to, get a tight end later like, like tight end 11 i'm gonna probably take maybe somebody else with more upside than austin hooper yeah i think we just know what austin hooper is and he's that guy that is matchup nightmare if if you're playing a team that's crap against the tight end you know austin hooper is gonna have that day but he just can't do it against teams that can guard the positions so um let's move on then to the running backs <clears throat> guy who spent a lot of time on your uh injured spot on your fantasy team, Devonta Freeman looks to come back this season. Uh, Edo Smith, now the backup that Coleman has moved on. Ken Juan Barner still are, is, is now on this roster. Uh, do you have, I mean, where do you rank Freeman? Because when he was, when he's healthy, the guy can get you points, Cody. I, I don't know why. And I'm usually the guy that tries to steer away from people that are injured. But I, for some reason, I am so high on Devontae Freeman this year. I think it's mainly because of his value. You can get him in that fourth round. And if he is healthy and they are committed to this new zone running scheme, um, of course, this is going to be major dependent on, on the fact that, um, I, I I don't know how John feels about these guys, but like Chris Lindstrom and Kale McGarry kind of felt like they were overdrafted, um, in my opinion. But, you know, there's still, you know, some solid players. So if those guys, if they, if they do hit on the value of those linemen and this line is improved and Devontae Freeman is healthy, you're talking about a guy that's proved that he can be a RB1 in fantasy. Yeah, and for fourth-round return. That's insane. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. So, like, if I can combine him with a Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara, you know, a Zeke, if I can get one of the top-tier guys and then I can get him as an RB2 and then I hit on him, Man, you're talking about a, you're going to the playoffs, right? That's it. That's that. He's a perfect guy if you go running back, wide receiver, wide receiver, and then you turn and get that running back in the fourth. That would be a mm, primo draft right there. But I like that you brought this up, and I'm going to ask you about this, John. The addition of the two offensive linemen through the draft, whether or not they were uh, drafted higher than they should have been, 
you can you add that onto a line that's got uh, Alex Mack, Jake Matthews, uh, James Carpenter on it. If this offensive line hits, Devonta Freeman in the fourth might be the steal of the draft, right, John? Could be. He could be. But here's the thing with Devonta Freeman: every year he's the biggest if in the draft, and it's not just because of the O line; it's because of his health. If his health is, if if he's healthy, of course you you take him no matter what. But if he's if he's you know if you're worried about the injuries, I I would stay away. I like the Falcons' offensive line. I love the Chris Lindstrom pick. He was one of the, he was the first my first scouting report I did on Blit, for Blitzalytics. Loved him, but I just I, I can't depend on I can't depend on Freeman because of, because of the injury history. I mean, fair. So then let me let me. Uh, pivot then into uh, with that injury history uh, Coleman has always been a guy who you could draft and feel comfortable you're going to get some games out of is Edo Smith that kind of player for you John I brought up the Philip Lindsay pick of the year and I the Falcons have him Quadri Allison sleeper he's going to be what what we call the Philip Lindsay pick of the year I that's I've never been more confident in my life to be honest with you guys Wow, dude, Cody, he reaches down on the depth trot for Quadri Allison. What do you think about the backup running back situation in Atlanta that, again, has been fruitful late in the draft for people uh, over the last few years? Is it still fruitful, or are you uh, having to pick a guy and hopefully that pans out? Uh, I mean, obviously, if you're getting Freeman, like if I do get Freeman, I probably am going to try to get a handcuff just because of his injury history. Um, I can definitely see... I, I did like Olsen's game from the, what I've seen from him. But I would honestly, if I was to do a, if I was to take a swing on somebody, it would be Ito Smith. Um, just because I did like Ito Smith going into last year's draft. And, um, you know, people forget, like, yes, Tevin Coleman was still on the team, but eventually towards the end of the year, Ito Smith was dominating most of the touches over Tevin Coleman. So. I don't know. Like, even though I like Ito Smith, it's nothing like I'm really jumping for. But if I draft Devontae Freeman, I have to understand his injury history and that I might need to go go ahead and get an Edo Smith or a Quadre Olsen. I don't see a Kenyon Barner or any other guys being a threat. But I can well, look, here, And this is actually a good range because Edo Smith right now is a 43rd ranked running back. That's pretty much the backup and handcuff range behind Austin Eckler right there with Jalen Samuels, Carlos Hyde, Dante Foreman. Uh, I mean, is he the guy out of those names that you're targeting? Is he maybe the handcuff out of those names? Yeah, I mean, if I got Freeman, I would take Edo Smith and out of those names just because I have Freeman. If I don't have Freeman, you're not going to see me draft him at all. Okay, so not a not a standalone draft like you might with Coleman yeah. in years past. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. No way. Coleman was still able to put up numbers even when Freeman was healthy at times. So right. Just, yeah, absolutely. And I hate inconsistency. So, for sure. Well, let me ask the quick question on this defense. Last year, they were all beat to hell. Um, you're assuming more health going into this season. Where do you rank this Atlanta Falcons defense? Is it uh, worth spending capital on, or maybe just a, a streamer later in the year? Um. Yeah, they would. They would. I. I don't trust it. Like, they're, they're obviously their health was the biggest concern last year but like i just do not trust their defense as of right now heading into the season and let's see here they have the vikings week one so no they will not be drafted by me 
Cody will not draft them. John, uh, again, we've kind of beaten the dead horse here with the fact they're in this division, so it's really hard to, to trust them. Any love for this defense? No, not really any love. I mean, didn't they lose like three starters in the secondary in week one last year? I, I know they were just depleted with injuries last year, uh, but I, I just can't trust them. Even even Vic Beasley, it's, you know, he had that one great year, and then now you just never hear from him again. I'm, I'm staying away from the Falcons this year. All right. Well, now that we've covered all the players, let's go ahead and do this, John. What we'd like to do at this point is we're going to pick a fantasy MVP from each team, and then we're going to pick from those guys and decide who the division MVP is going to be. So let's start in Atlanta. And, John, I want to start with you. Who's the MVP fantasy-wise for the Atlanta Falcons? You know it, O.J. Howard. Oh, I'm sorry, Atlanta. My bad. I'm, 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 I'm terribly sorry. I'm terribly You're sorry. good. Well, let's, let's just stop there. Let's go to Tampa since you already said it. O.J. Howard's going to be John's pick. Cody, what about for you? Who's the MVP on this Tampa Bay Bucks roster? Uh, I'll go with uh, Mike Evans. I I have to I have I love OJ Howard I really do, but Mike Evans' consistency to me is is so hard to pass up on. So I'm going to be with Cody here, and I'll I'll pick Mike Evans. Uh, so Mike Evans wins that one two to one, but again can't go wrong if you end up with OJ on your squad. Uh, Carolina Panthers seems like an absolute no-brainer to me. Anybody have any argument past Christian McCaffrey getting this one? No argument out of me. It's, it's McCaffrey. Same. Cody's simple pick. Yeah, absolutely. Christian oh, yeah. McCaffrey was a walk away for the Panthers. Uh, the New Orleans Saints is this one a walk away too, guys? Yeah, yeah I think we Kamara all the way. Kamara all the way. Yeah. Both yeah, he's guys. so good. He's just so good. Uh, and Atlanta Falcons, is this one uh, any kind of close, or is it Julio all the way? Oh. Again, because that, that, that argument of if this O-line pans out and hell, and Freeman stays if I will tell you this. I'm going to pick Julio, okay? But if you told me that this offensive line, those guys fit in and they worked, and I got 16 games from Freeman, I would pick Devonta Freeman. See, that's how I feel. I feel like um, if, if Freeman's healthy, I can see him being the MVP because like, I think like their idea is they want to lean heavily on the running game this year. That's just my opinion as far as their offensive philosophy for this season. But because of his injury history, if we're voting right now, and if, you're, if I had to put all my money on a player, knowing that I'll get that money back by the end of the season, I would have to go with Julio. John? Yeah, there's a ton of talent on this team. I can't just – you really can't depend on Freeman. I, I got to go with Julio on this one. All right. So three of the four were fairly easy. Um, Tampa Bay, we had uh, Mike Evans. Carolina Panthers, we had Christian McCaffrey. The New Orleans Saints, we had Alvin Kamara. And Atlanta Falcons, Julio Jones. Of those four guys, all fantasy monsters, by the way, who's the MVP of this division? John, I'll start with you. Fatal four-way, I go with Alvin Kamara. <laughs> yeah. Cody. You know where I stand? We've already been debating this pretty heavily throughout the episode, but I'm going to have to go with CMC. Oh, man, the, the great problems to have when you've got two of the top four fantasy picks in the same division. Like, I don't think you can go wrong, man. I may co-MVP this, but yeah. in – I mean, you could easily co-MVP it, but – we don't take the easy way out here at Blitz. 
So I am going to go with CMC just because I told my boy Marcus Grant that I was going to jump on this train and try and push CMC up the board. And again, I, I mean, hey, I loved his daddy too. So uh, I'm going to pick CMC. But again, I, I this is a this is a one A one B kind of thing. Are you? There's no way you're mad if you leave your fantasy draft with either one of these guys. Period. Right. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, and if you would have said Camara, Camara, I wouldn't even try to argue with you. I'd have accepted it, like you said. You might, we might as well just call them co MVPs. Yeah, one A, one B, just because they're that good. So, John. Oh yeah, absolutely. I said earlier in the pod, you know, you're gonna you're gonna flip a coin between these two, and you just can't go wrong. Right, absolutely. Um, well, that's gonna do it. As you heard, this is one of the most fruitful divisions in fantasy football. Uh, so you're obviously going to want to pay attention to their preseasons to see how some of the second-tier guys shake out, your guys like your second receivers and backup running backs. So watch out for that. But these two guys are going to be on Blitz all leading up to the season, pumping out articles and pods, and we're going to keep you up to the date with the newest news from that. So uh, do stay with us. At this point, guys, I'm going to give you the floor, and I'm going to let you guys say goodbye, Cody. I'm going to start with you, and then we'll finish on our guest. Uh, yeah, I just want to first of all say thanks to John uh, for coming on and helping fill uh, George's shoes since he had to be out this week. Uh, definitely appreciate that. Added a new element to the show. And um, yeah, just, you know, of course, you, Rob, being here, I guess. Uh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. Uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, man, it, it was a good episode. Um, as far as for me, um, you'll you'll be hearing these pods every week. Um, I know I'll be working on some individual articles. Probably I might have one come out this weekend, as long as I can wrap that up in time. Um, other than that, just stay tuned for all of our articles and podcasts. Check out blitzalytics.com. And if you want to give me a follow, um, my Twitter handle is at Cody Talks NFL. And as a follower, that's really all he talks, man. Cody's a good Twitter follow because it's all good football news. So uh, thanks again, Cody, for for. I guess thanking me that was rude but no john john i do want to give a, a heartfelt thank you man uh we found out late that george wasn't going to be able to be on with us and john uh jumped to the rescue uh we call it captain save a hoe where i'm from so thanks for playing that role john it was nice to have you on here why don't we get your goodbyes and if you got anything you want to plug please feel free to do that too all right sounds good hey, thanks just for having me on it was really really cool to be on here and uh you know, talk football with you guys. It was it was pretty cool. I know it's uh, a little different, you know, not on Twitter, but I love talking to football with you guys in the NFC South. Uh, on Twitter, follow me at at real John Stato, the real one, not the one, not the Wisconsin quarterback. <laughs> the real John Stato. It's on Twitter, and uh, yeah, just I'll be writing articles for Blitzlytics, mostly Bears football. Then uh, I'm coming out with a uh, preview of the Big Twelve Conference. Starting to do that more, pump out some college football content. And there you go. And uh, thanks, guys, for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. And like you heard, guys, we are starting to uh, pump out more college football content for those of you who are uh, itching to read some more college football. John's going to be 
uh, pumping out more articles that direction too. So keep an eye out for that. Thank you very much, John. Thank you very much, Cody. We can't wait to have you back soon, George. Uh, we do ask that if you enjoyed yourself here, give a like, a share, or whatever it takes to get on social media, have your friends listen to. Uh, check out our other pods. We've got Dynasty Buzz. We've got Pick 6. We've got the Blitz Breakdown. John's working on something. I'm not going to blast out quite just yet, but uh, keep an ear for that. And as always, thank you for joining us here on the Fantasy Football Hot Seat presented by Blitzalytics.com. We'll see you next week.